You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. The High Price of Bible Neglect is the title of this session with Mrs. Dana Schmidt. Mrs. Schmidt is a godly example to the young people of Lancaster Baptist Church, where she has supported her husband, Carrie Schmidt, for over 20 years. There are certain things in life when we neglect that are obvious that we neglect them, and we can pay a high price for them, can't we? Um, off the top of my head, I think marriage. If I neglect my marriage, that that you can quickly tell. You know, if I'm if I don't communicate with my husband, or if I don't spend time with him, I miss him. But if I don't nurture that relationship, then that relationship kind of goes stale, doesn't it? And our kids, if we don't. If we neglect our kids, that could show up in rebellion, and um, kids are different, so they don't always rebel the same way. Some are hard rebellion, rebellious, and some are more quiet, aren't they? Maybe they withdraw from you, or they get distant, or maybe they'll get sassy. Um, but if we neglect our kids, if we have children in here, then that's something that we ultimately can pay a high price for if we don't, if we don't nurture that relationship. If we neglect our home or the place that we live, that's an obvious thing, isn't it? Because if I am not up on the laundry and I don't do my cleaning and different things, our our home, instantly, everybody could see that we're neglecting our home, can't they? That's something very visual that you could see. Um, Other things are over time, maybe a marriage, maybe kids, uh, reading our Bible. That's something over time that maybe we can't see right away. But it's something that the Lord sees and something that can um, become obvious later. But, but things we pay a high price for, our marriage, when we neglect that, our, our children, our homes. Um, but when we don't spend time with the Lord, that's also something that we do pay a high price for. It's not something that we see right away, but it's something that's so important. Um, so we need to invest time. We invest time in things that we love and we think about, don't we? I know I think about my husband. Um, I write him notes or I cook him a special meal or I, I try to think ahead. He's going to be tired today. I'm going to do this for him. Or I think about my kids and I, I try to do things for them or you know, maybe fix something special that they like. And I invest time into things that I love. And also, we need to invest time into the Word of God, don't we? And, and that always, to me, it's, it can be so easy because the day you wake up and we're all probably running, aren't we, with you know, work, kids, job, different things that we do, we're all on the go. And, and we can easily you know, set aside, I'll read my Bible later, I'll do, it, I'll do it tomorrow, and that can be something that we set aside very easily. But when we, when we neglect our responsibilities in our life, many times that there, there's a high price that we pay. And there's a high price when we ne- neglect our spiritual walk with the Lord. And that's what we're going to talk about. No one sees our heart, though, do they? So only we know, you know, how we're doing. And God knows. God, God sees our heart. So he sees our heart every day. 
but you don't see my heart. I don't see yours. And, and so it's something that we can easily, I'll do it later. I'll walk with God later. And, and we can pay that price. That ultimately will come out in our, in our conduct later, won't it? But God sees our heart. And just as important as not neglecting our home, our families, our children, our marriage, our life, our work, just as important and more important is not neg- neglecting God. Because he is the foundation of everything, isn't he? He should be our foundation for our marriage and our foundation for our home. And so today we're going to talk about staying close to the Lord and walking closely with him and not neglecting that relationship. When we read our Bibles, we're really doing the very most important thing that we should do. But our minds trick us into thinking that we're really not doing the most important thing, cause we're not doing busy work. I, I don't know if you're like me, but you know, if I can see, you know, see it accomplish something and see it done, I know I'm getting something done. And sometimes we'll sit down to read our Bible and you sit down and then doesn't the devil, <laughs> he'll, he'll make a to-do list pretty soon. You know, you've read two chapters, but you really haven't, you know, I, I know everything that I'm going to do later on in the day and I have it all scheduled and the times. And then I think, Wow, I've been reading, but I don't really remember everything that I've read. And the devil fights us on reading our Bible. Um, my husband has always said, he's told our teenagers, the devil, he doesn't fight you on little things that aren't important, like you know, getting ready in the morning and brushing your teeth. I mean, that's something we do every day, isn't it? That's a routine, brushing our teeth and little things like that. We just automatically do that. And the devil, he's not going to fight that. That's not important to him. But reading our Bibles, that... He doesn't want us to do that because that draws our heart close to the Lord. That, that makes us more spiritual and he fights us on that. So that's why it's so hard when we kneel to pray, you kneel down to pray and your mind wanders, doesn't it? Isn't that the most frustrating thing? Um, but the devil will do anything he can to get you distracted. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm so easily distracted and I have to say, Lord, help me, help me not to think of everything else that I need to do. Help me not to think of other things, but what I'm doing, reading my Bible or praying, um, and the devil will fight that. But when we're not doing busy work, our mind tells us, you know, we're not doing, we're not getting anything done because we're, we're just sitting here reading. We're not doing what we should be doing, but that's because we're sitting still. But doesn't the Bible tell us to, to be still and know that I am God? That's what he tells us. Uh, we all know the story of Mary and Martha. And um, I love that story. Um, but Martha, she was, I mean, she was a godly lady. And you know, one day we'll, you know, hopefully meet both of them, Mary and Martha. But she was such a godly lady, but she was more of a doer. I mean, she was a good Christian lady, but she, you know, wanted to get things done. And she, you know, in the Bible was cooking and cleaning and preparing the house for guests and for Jesus. And she was, you know, she was getting everything ready and perfect. She was probably a perfectionist getting it all done. And she was probably an awesome cook. But Mary, her sister, helped her. I'm sure Mary did some of the cooking and some of the cleaning. And, but at the same time, Mary knew when to stop and be still, and sit at Jesus' feet. And that frustrated Martha a little bit, didn't it? Because because Martha was felt like she was doing all the work. She was doing all the busy work. But really, Mary had that balance of, you know, working when you need to, but then sitting still and being still when you need to also. Um, this past Saturday, we, we were, uh, you know, getting, obviously getting ready for the conference, and um, 
my son is leaving Friday to go to New York to intern for the rest of the summer. So I'm trying to, uh, you know, think ahead and we're trying to pack early, although we're not all the way done yet. But, um, you know, think ahead because it's a busy week and we want to have Thursday to try to do something together, you know, before he leaves Friday morning. So Saturday was a busy day. It was um, music practices at the church and all the groups and programs had practices and both my sons were involved in that. Um, I have, we have three children. I guess I should tell you that my oldest is he'll be 19 in a couple weeks and he won't be with us on his birthday, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, he'll be 19 in a couple weeks and Larry just turned 16 and Haley is 10. So Lance will be leaving on Friday. And on, so on Saturday I thought I went soloing and on my way home from soloing and I thought I'll get him lunch. I'll go to Subway and bring him lunch. You know, you know, one of the last times I could do that for a while, I thought I'll go get him lunch and I'll bring it to the church. Cause he's working at striving together, carrying boxes. And he was busy. He didn't have time to, you know, go get lunch himself in between, um, practices and and work. And so I came down to the church and I called him and I said, okay, I'm here. And in my mind, I had my little to-do list, you know, because I I was on a schedule. I had to pick Larry and Haley up from practice here. And then I needed to go home. I had someone coming to our home to pick up some things. And then we also had, Larry is doing driver's training behind the wheel this week, which is kind of (laughs) crazy. He wanted to drive this morning. I said, no, not this morning. I don't want to be any more nervous than I am. (laughs) So he laughed at me. Um, but so I had my little schedules, but so then Lance came and I rolled down my window to give him his food and he hopped in the car and he said, he said, I clocked out and I'm just going to sit here and eat lunch with you. And I thought, Oh, first of all, for, you know, your 18 year old to want to sit and eat lunch with his mom. I thought that's so special, you know, and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I'm on a time clock. I was only going to be here, you know, five minutes, but I thought, you know what? really what's the most important thing? The most important thing is to sit here and eat lunch with him. And we didn't, you know, it was so fun. We just, we sat in the car. It was so hot outside. Um, we sat in the car with the air conditioner on and, um, I just talked. We didn't talk about anything specific. We didn't solve any problems. We just sat there and it was fun. And then honestly, everything else got done during the day. It wasn't on my, you know, time clock that I thought that it all had to get done, but I was glad that I was able to eat lunch with him. That wasn't in my plan, but I loved it. And I was so glad that I, I didn't stick. Sometimes have you ever just stuck to your schedule and you kept it going and then you wished that you would have taken an opportunity that you could have. We've all done that. And so Saturday I was so thankful that, that the Lord said, no, just, just sit. You can take 25 minutes, sit here. It's not, it's not going to put you that far behind. And I enjoyed that, that time with him. Um, when you're at home, isn't it easy to, to notice when you don't do the laundry? <laughs> it stacks up, doesn't it? That's something very, very visual. If I don't do laundry, if I, I don't, I do it several times a week. Some people I know have a different schedule, but the, that laundry piles up. And so, I mean, my family can see, oh, mom's, mom's really behind the ball. You know, everything is piling up high. But our Bible reading isn't like that. It's something that really only us and God know about. We know when we're walking with the Lord and when we're not. And God knows it. But it's not something that your kids always see right away. It's not a visual thing. Um, the kitchen, 
doesn't it take a long time? I can spend hours cleaning the house. And actually, I'm kind of weird. I love to clean. Um, I like to clean the house, um, which is it's fun to me. It's just it's kind of relaxing. It's, it's an accomplishing thing. I like to dust, which everybody tells me that's weird. But I do like to dust. <laughs> um, but I could spend hours cleaning my home and getting it ready. And I know my husband's going to come home and see, wow, you know, she worked hard. It's accomplished. But doesn't it take just a few minutes for everybody to come home and set just just a couple things down and footprints to come in. And sometimes I stand back and think, wow, (laughs) it looks so beautiful. And now, you know, if you don't keep up on it, it just, it can go downhill quickly. And our Bible reading is kind of like that too. We can spend time with the Lord and maybe we have that big chunk of time with the Lord. And that's awesome when you get, when you get that extra time. Um, and then maybe throughout the day, there's, you can pray and you can, you can kind of do that pickup like you do when you're at home and you do that big cleaning, but then you have to constantly clean each, each day I've been picking up as I get home, you know, and it's, it's helped me because the house started out clean and I've been able to pick up little things. When you start off with the Lord and you have that big chunk of time with him, then you can, when you get discouraged, you can pull a verse or you can, or you can pray and talk to him and you constantly have that walk with him. That's how our Christian walk should be. So just like we're constantly picking up our house and picking up our things and working on outward things, we need to have a constant walk with the Lord to have that peace and stability in our lives. It's a constant thing. So in the next few minutes, I'm just going to, I have a list. I'm just going to run through that. And they're very important things that happen maybe when we do neglect God's word. And it's important because we need to um, be sure that we're not doing that. Number one, our hearts can become anxious. Psalm 17, verse 8, it's a prayer of David. It says, keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. An apple in that verse is uh, like the pupil of your eye. And our eyes are so sensitive, aren't they? <laughs> you know, you, you automatically, if, you're, if something comes towards your eye, most of the time you can, you can cover it in time or, you know, we shut our eye in time. The Lord's made that reflex. Um, but God can keep us like the apple or the pupil of of his eye, which is amazing to me because he wants to protect us and he wants to watch over us. And Psalms 119 says, thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. This first reminds us that God's word can keep us from danger too. Have you ever been just so anxious? Maybe, maybe you're worrying about things. Maybe there's problems in your life. There's trials that everybody goes through and, and it's amazing, but People go through trials and, you know, someone you're sitting next to can be going through a huge trial and you don't even know it, Um, which, you know, the Lord helps everybody through that. But we need to be so sensitive to everybody, don't we? Um, But some maybe we're anxious about a trial or we're worrying or or maybe maybe it's a health trial that we're that we're worrying about. Um, but I know probably each of us here has been anxious or scared or worried about things at times. I know. there, were, there was a time where I, I probably was one of the most anxious times. I've had a couple times in my life that I was scared. I'm, I would use the word scared or terrified instead of anxious in this um, situation. But we were on a walk. Some of you have probably already heard this story. My husband tells this story. But we were, we were on a family walk. My daughter was in uh, the wagon. And so we were pulling her in the wagon. She was two. My boys were on their bikes and we were on a family walk and we were going to walk to Walmart. Walmart, I think had just opened on the east side over here. So we were going to walk to Walmart and my husband and I, we were 
we were kind of in a discussion. We weren't like fighting, but we weren't, we weren't in agreement. <laughs> we, um, he wanted to go one place for vacation and I wanted to go another. It was kind of, it's the silliest thing. Cause we, we look back and we laugh, um, cause we had the best vacation that year. I don't think we did either thing that we were talking about either, <laughs> but anyways, we were in a, a discussion. So we were talking, but we live in a neighborhood and it was, you know, full of church people. And that night everybody was, I don't know, coming home or whatever, but they were all driving the streets that night. So we were talking and then waving (laughs) very sweetly at everybody, you know, and then talking (laughs) and then we'd smile and wave. So it it was funny because, because we weren't, we weren't that happy smile and wave at that moment. So we rounded a corner, you know, we were, we were in discussion and we just were not in agreement just on what we wanted to do. Our kids didn't know it. Haley was too little and the boys were, you know, riding their bikes. And all of a sudden my boys threw their bikes down and they came running at us and, and this all happened in just a split second, but it was, it was one of the most terrified times that we have ever been. My husband and I, well, my kids too, I guess. Um, but my boys came, they threw their bikes, they came running and they ran behind us and we looked and around the corner was two pit bulls and they were they weren't just wandering the streets, you know, casually walking down the streets looking. They were running at my boys in attack mode and they were baring their teeth and barking and growling. And, um, it was, it was absolutely terrifying. And I look back and I think, wow, it was, it was one of the most scariest times. And my husband and I both looked at each other like, what do we do? There was nowhere to go. There was nowhere to run. Um, our boys, you know, they ran behind us. My husband, you know, he, all he could think about was Haley. You know, she's eye level with those dogs that are, I mean, they were from me to the wall, you know, as we're thinking, thinking all this through. So he grabs Haley and he just, he holds her high in the air. Cause he thought, you know, I'll save her. You know, the dogs will bite, bite him and he'll hold her in the air. She won't get mangled. Um, and they were coming to attack us. And so my boys, they're behind their dad. And we, we just look at each other like, what, you know, what do we do? There's nowhere to go. And, um, I didn't, I didn't think it through. I, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a man, uh, running down the street. He had a bat in his hand. He was coming to help us, which was a blessing, but he was a little too slow. He didn't make it in time. <laughs> um, but all these things, it's funny, the things that happen in a split second, all these thoughts go through your head. And I, I jumped in front of my husband and I won't reenact it cause I cannot reenact it, but I jumped in front of my husband and I got down eye level with the dogs. And um, I've had so many people say to me, what were you thinking getting eye level with the dogs? I don't know. I wasn't thinking. I just was thinking it was that motherly instinct, you know, and that only, I think only happens a few times in your life to this extent, but it, I just jumped in front of the dogs, didn't think about it. And it's funny because I'm terrified of big dogs. They scare me, you know, out soul winning when they come and they growl at you. It's, I hate that. But I jumped down and I started barking like the dogs. I didn't yell at them. I didn't think it through. I was down barking at them and I was growling at them, barking and growling. And I can't reenact it. I, I've tried to reenact it and I cannot, I'm, I'm more quiet. I don't like, you know, to be out in the limelight. And anyways, I, I'm not like, you know, look at me type person, but I was barking and growling. And that man, I saw him, he just out of the corner of my eye, he just stopped, you know, running. (laughs) He wasn't much of a help. He did have a bat, but I, so that's all I could think to do. And out of the other corner of my eye, the owner of the dogs is coming out. You know, I don't know if she was coming out to help us or whatever, but the dogs, they stopped from about me to that second pew. 
or maybe the first pew, they were very close to me, but they stopped running and they backtracked and they stopped barking and they took off and ran in the field. (laughs) So I scared these dogs away. And my husband is just staring at me (laughs) kind of in horror because he's never seen me obviously bark. I mean, (laughs) so then I stand up and the owner of the dog's starts yelling at me because I scared her dogs and they ran away. You know, they, they ran out into the field and she's screaming at me because, you know, I scared her dogs and she's not going to be able to catch her dogs. And I, you know, I, I was still a little bit in attack mode, so I wasn't overly, overly Christian like to her. I was, I was, wasn't unkind. I just told her they were about to eat my children and I didn't care about her dogs. (laughs) So, um, but apparently these dogs had bit someone else. That's why that man was coming to help us. But I stood back up the dogs were gone, and my family's just staring at me. And, um, you know, we, we were very anxious. We were scared to death. Um, and my husband said, what in the world was that? And I said, that's what you're supposed to do when you're attacked by dogs. <laughs> and I didn't even know that I knew that, but I had a friend tell me that years ago. And I just, you know how sometimes you file things in your head, and it came out. So now you know <laughs> if you're ever on a walk. But, but that was one of the times that our family was so anxious and I always tell my husband I saved our family. I protected our family that day. <laughs> but, um, but the same way that I had that instinct to protect my children, God wants to protect us. He wants to hold us close to him, and he wants to be our protection. He wants to protect us from danger. Um, when we fear and we worry and anxiety begins to overtake us, then we're really just showing that we're not trusting in the Lord. And I know we all have our moments where we're scared and we don't understand why things are happening, but, but when we let it overtake us, we're not, we're not um, doing what we're supposed to do as a Christian. We're not drawing close to the Lord. So claim um, God's promise to hide you under the shadow of his wings. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in, thine, in thy word. God wants to hide us under the shadow of his wings, and he wants to take care of us, and he will do that if we let him. Number two, our lives can become confusing when we neglect God's word. Isaiah 42, 16 says, and I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. When we neglect God's word, our lives become kind of like those crooked things and our outlook and our direction, it gets more and more confusing. And I know sometimes we don't understand maybe what God is doing in our lives. And, and you know, we, we ask the Lord, why, you know, why are these things happening? But the Lord has a reason for everything. Um, God, he isn't the author of confusion, is he? So when we, when we let things just overtake us and confuse us and we don't let the Lord guide us, then we're not drawing close to him. Time in God's word brings clarity, and it gets rid of the confusion in our lives. Have you ever had the feeling of being lost? That's kind of scary, huh? (laughs) When I was a little girl, I always um, loved to go to my grandma's house. She lived just about 20 minutes away, so I'd get to go spend the night. And um, Actually, my daughter Haley got to go go stay with my grandma for a week. Well, we went to teen camp two weeks ago. So I I always tell Haley, that was one of my favorite things is to stay at grandma's house. And she had so much fun. And um, but, but it, when it was time to go home, I always thought, oh, I just, you know, because grandma spoil you and take you shopping. She'd get candy. We had so much fun. But to go home, I, I would always think in my, in my little mind, I'd think, okay, I'd ask grandma. There's several times I did this. Okay, can I, will you 
drive where I say, and she'd say, okay, you know, so, so normally we'd go on this curve to go home. And I, I thought, oh, I'm going to take her to the right over here. So I remember there's a big Oak tree and I said, go right, right here. And so she went right, you know, she followed my little directions and I thought, oh, we're never going to make it home. And we'll get to go back to grandma's. I won't have to go to school, (laughs) you know, all of it. Um, and I'd say, you know, go left here. And I'd, I'd take her on this little rabbit trail. But somehow, my grandma always knew the way to get back home. She always made it home. It was always from a different direction. And I, I always thought I had her lost and I'd get to go back to her house. But she always knew the, the road to take. And if we let God behind the steering wheel of our lives, he knows exactly what path to take for us. And we can have a peace that comes only from him. It's when we take our lives into our own, our own control that we kind of lose control and we lose our direction and we feel lost. So we need to let God guide us. Our purpose becomes blurry, number three. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. In Psalms 119.105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Have you ever driven in fog? That's not fun, is it? I've only done it a few times. Up here, it really doesn't get foggy. In Northern California, there were a few times where it got very foggy. And um, I remember, you know, driving in that thick fog and you can't see, you know, very far in front of you. And you have to look at those little taillights in front of you. I remember, you know, my dad saying, you know, watch for the lights and the car lights in front of you so you can see a little bit. And that's a scary feeling being in fog and you don't really know where you're going and you have to, you have to look, look to the, to whatever little lights you can see so that you stay on the road and so that you're safe and we don't always see what's ahead of us in life, do we? And sometimes maybe it's blurry to us and maybe it's foggy. There's things in our lives that, that causes, causes us to not see so clearly. And we need to draw close to the Lord and follow very closely, just so as close as we can to him. Um, and he will make things clear for us eventually if we just stay close to him. Sometimes I need to uh, just stop and think what's really important in my life. Sometimes maybe our lives are confusing or blurry or foggy just because we have so much coming in. And maybe it's it's unnecessary things that, that we have planned that maybe are just clouding up our day. And sometimes when I just focus, okay, the Lord, I need to focus on the Lord, my husband, my family. And I put everything, you know, my church, my ministry, and put it all back into perspective. Sometimes I have extra things that really don't have to get done that day or have to get done that week even. Maybe maybe not at all. Sometimes I'm clouding my own my own vision. Um, so when, when you get foggy, draw close to the Lord and follow closely to him. When we neglect God's word, our purpose gets less and less clear. And it becomes more blurry to us because we're, we're neglecting to draw close to the Lord. God's word always helps us press the reset button in our lives and keep a clear perspective on our right priorities and living for the right purpose. God will will always keep our vision clear if we let him. Number four, our attitude becomes carnal. Psalm 119.11, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And 133 says, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. God's word is our best weapon in defeating sin. Have you ever just woke up and you just 
have a bad day. <laughs> You're just edgy. <laughs> so I, I've had, my husband said, what's wrong? What happened today? You know, and you think back, nothing really happened. You just kind of woke up that way. <laughs> it just kind of, you just woke up edgy. And those times we need to draw on the Lord. We need to maybe spend extra time in his word, pray more throughout the day. You know, we can, we can pray on our knees, but I, I pray while I'm driving in the grocery store. I mean, we could pray, you know, in the grocery store. I don't think I pray out loud, but you know, we can pray wherever we are and we can draw close to the Lord and keep that constant walk. When we neglect God's word, it's kind of like starving our spirit. You know, when we're starving, we, when we're hungry, we eat, don't we? We feed ourselves. Um, but if we're starving our spirit, then we're really just feeding our flesh and maybe we're getting mopey or grumpy or, and we're feeding our flesh when, when we starve our spirit. And as a result, we're just giving the flesh more and more power in our lives. We need to teach our children the scripture and, and how to, how to control those feelings and how to not be grumpy and how to draw on the Lord. Don't we, the Bible says to be not of this world. Number five, our understanding becomes fuzzy. Kind of the same thing. Psalm 17, verses 7 and 8, says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Psalm 119, 104 says, Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. And in Proverbs 2, verse 6, it says, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. In every circumstance of life, more than anything, we really just need to see God's perspective. And we need to ask him to have his understanding to give us wisdom. Um, When we have God's understanding, that's wisdom. Um, And God's word, God tells us anybody can ask for wisdom. And I think that's neat. He doesn't say it's only for pastors or, or it's only for men. or He gives it to anybody who asks him. But sometimes, I don't know about you, I forget to ask for wisdom for the day. And wisdom isn't something that we pray for wisdom and we feel it. You know, we just feel, okay, I'm wise today. It's something that grows in our heart and God grows that. You know, if we pray daily for wisdom, God will grow that in our heart. Have you ever been talking with somebody and and maybe a verse came to mind or, or something, the Lord laid something on your heart to say and you think, wow, where did that come from? You know, the Lord gives us wisdom when we need it and he grows it in our heart. Um, so when we neglect our Bibles, we're forcing ourselves really just to stay in ignorance because we're not growing in the Lord and we're not asking him to help us. Our decisions become mistakes. Number six, Joshua 1, 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. God's word is a guide. In every decision, it helps us navigate the way and find God's plan. It's our guide. It's our map. Um, You know, when you have, I'm I'm the worst with directions. Um, I I don't know north, south, east. I don't like them that way. I like right, left. You know, that's what I like directions to be. But God's word is our map. And just like we have a map to get somewhere, you know, God gives us a map for life. We just have to get get in his word and use it. When we neglect his word, we're making decisions without any guidance. And that's kind of scary, isn't it? That's not, that's not a good thing to do. We can make mistakes and live with serious regrets if we're not careful. And when we make choices just on the spur of the moment or, or on how we feel, those usually aren't the best choices that we make. We need to, if it's big decisions, we need to bathe them in prayer and draw close to the Lord and get counsel and, 
um, the, the Lord will give us wisdom in that, but we have to ask. In Psalms 37, 31, this verse says, The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. And I thought this verse is an amazing promise. If we claim it, if we trust God's laws and hide them in our heart, then our steps won't slide. He'll guide us. Um, and I thought that was exciting. That's a good, but I, I know, I don't know about you, but there are times where I don't, I don't always claim that and I go my direction and maybe that's the time that I have a bad day. I need, I need to draw close to the Lord. Let God be your guide in Psalm forty-eight, fourteen. This is uh, my husband and I, when we were dating, we claimed this verse and we've kind of kept it all, all through. We've been married 20 years and, uh, we've, we've kept this verse as our special verse for this. God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Um, when you're tired, don't make decisions. <laughs> that's all. That's just a side note there. I know when I'm tired, don't you just feel like making all these crazy decisions when you're tired? And sometimes we just need to go to bed <laughs> and get some rest. Um, number seven, our joy can become weariness when we neglect God's word. In Jeremiah 15, Jeremiah was discouraged. And he, it, this verse says, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Jeremiah was getting encouraged. God's word produces joy and happiness in our lives. So when we neglect it, we're kind of giving our joy away. When we're not reading God's word, God's word pr- puts a joy that, that maybe we don't even realize is there. He just, he puts it there and he places it there. And and it's something that helps us maybe when we're down and, you know, God's word works even when we don't feel like we're getting something from the Bible. Maybe we've all read, read, you know, our Bible reading and felt like we haven't really got anything from it, but the Lord works through that and he hides that scripture in our heart. So think of it this way. The happiest you is the you that spends time in God's word. Just like we tell our kids, you know, if you'd obey the first time, you would be much happier, you know, instead of making it a drama and obeying, you know, the fifth time, that's not good. Um, When you uh, read God's word, you have a clearer way of seeing things. And when you're in God's word, it just makes everything so much more clear. Our strength can become weakness. Psalm 119.28, my soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. The Bible can can help us when we're weak and when we're struggling. And God's word many times is the only thing that's going to get you through when you're going through a hard time. And and the Lord is going to strengthen you. Psalms 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. When we're down, um, the devil usually attacks when we're struggling, doesn't he? And the devil knows our, our, it seems like he, he knows how to attack us. He knows, you know, different, different people have, have different trials and the devil knows our, our weakness. And he, he, sometimes we can have, we can go through maybe the busiest week and do great and read our Bible and keep it all together. And then just something small will happen. And then we just lose it, don't we? We have the worst time and we, we just feel like quitting. But the devil knows how to put that little tiny small thing in our pathway just to, to make us stumble and make us fall. Um, not only does God word, God's word give us joy, it gives us that strength to endure. It changes, changes us and makes us able to press forward in life by God's power. So the devil, he doesn't want us to pray and draw close to the Lord because he wants to keep us discouraged all the time. Number nine, we're almost done. Our homes become argumentative. Deuteronomy 6, 
And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt, shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. In verse 8 it says, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and upon thy gates. And this verse is a reminder, are we teaching our children, you know, are, are we teaching our children how, how to deal with these things, how to read their Bibles, and how to hide the scripture in their heart? I know my kids learn a lot of verses in, in school, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but, but we, I need, as a mom, need to make sure at home that they have a walk with the Lord. You know, even, even my 10-year-old, she reads her Bible, and she, she can walk with the Lord. Maybe not as much as my 19-year-old, but she, she can have a walk with the Lord, and we need to be teaching our children that. In Psalm 119, 165, I, we've all heard this verse, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. That's a verse we probably have all quoted to our children when they're offended. <laughs> um, but God's word changes the makeup of a family and a home. It brings peace and prevents offenses. You know, if we teach our children the word of God, yes, they're still, they're not going to be perfect. They're going to, they're going to get bugged at each other, but we can also teach them great peace. Have they, which love thy law, you know, nothing shall offend them. And the Bible always helps us teach our children and train our children. And it helps them deal with things too. When we're walking daily with the Lord, it's not quite as easy to get upset. Is it? I mean, we're still not perfect or we still don't have the most wonderful day maybe, but, but I know when I spent time with the Lord, I don't let things bother me as easily. And, and there are times we've all been at times where we're at church, you know, we all have to put on our best, our best face, our best attitude, our best smile. And then we get home and maybe we have had a bad day and we take it out on our family. And that's not good either. You know, we, that's not a good thing, um, to do because our children see that. So it's not okay to take out, out our, our grumpiness on our, on our family. We need to, we need to always be reminded that, that we need to love everybody and we need to, we need to train our children how to, how to be kind and how to interact as a family, how to love each other, how not to offend each other. And our children are the most, I mean, I love every teenager in our youth group, but I want my children. I want to train my own children too. I want them to have a walk with the Lord. Um, I want them to grow up and, you know, I, I went down this morning and, um, my son, uh, who's leaving on Friday, he had gone golfing at like 5.30. There's a little place out here. He just went by himself just to have some time alone and to walk and to pray and, um, and golf. <laughs> and, um, but I went down, and he had his Bible on the table and a half-drink half, uh, cup of orange juice, and I thought, oh, that's such a blessing to know. I don't, obviously, I don't tell him, you know, are you reading your Bible? He has a walk with the Lord, and so does my son, um, my, my 16-year-old son, and, and we'll walk in, and they're reading their Bible, and that's such, that's such a blessing as a mom to see that, that, that they are having their own walk with the Lord. So God's word, um, point 10, our souls can become comfortless. There are times when we're just upset and nothing really comforts us. Really, we just need to go to God and and ask him to help us because we sometimes we don't know what's going to comfort us. We don't know what we want. We maybe just need to cry and ask the Lord to help us. In Psalm 119, verse 50, it says, This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. Just go to God. When, when you're having struggles and trials that you can't talk about with everybody, go to God. He already knows. And he already knows when you're frustrated with somebody. He already knows when, you know, somebody has said something mean to you and you want to say something mean back. The Lord already knows all that. So go to him when you're struggling. He will comfort you. God's word was given to comfort and to nurture us. 
It allows the Holy Spirit to show us the love of God and the care of God in our lives. So I think that's neat. I think that's very, very special. All of these things should cause us to thirst for God, to want us to know him better. In Psalm 42, it says, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so my soul panteth after thee. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So real quick in closing, I started by talking about the price of neglecting um, the important things like our children, our marriages, our ministry, our homes. But now we've studied the price of Bible neglect, and that, that's the foundation. God is the foundation for our lives. We should make him the center of our lives. But there really is a great re- reward in not neglecting certain things. Think about how rewarding it is to finally deal with maybe a closet or something that, that you've put off and you finally get to it and you conquer it. Isn't that a good feeling? That's such a good feeling. Um, think about how you feel when you really do invest time and love into a relationship. That's a good feeling, too. So think about the blessing of investing your heart into something really worthwhile. And those verses that we hide in our hearts, they really do change our lives. And when we invest time into the word of God, that's the most important thing. There really is a great reward in keeping God's word. I want to close just as you listen to the promises in these, in these last verses, and I'll close. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Thank you for listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. This lesson is entitled The High Price of Bible Neglect with Mrs. Dana Schmidt. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.